Your question is, would you rather introduce the whole world to your kid by creating a doll and naming it after your daughter like Ruth Handler did with the doll Barbie, or have a secret family like my great-grandfather? Um. Pick a side, stupid. Welcome to Pick a Side, Stupid, a comedy debate show that covers the important issues. Now, here's your host, Sean Carter. Tonight, our debate show will focus on decades. So the categories will be 1960s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and the rest. This week, to start the show, I asked, uh, I asked an expert to come down. Um, and just tell us a little bit about the decades. Some of the people in this room are very young. You might not have experienced most of these decades. Danya hasn't even seen the 90s. So. <laughs> you were born in the 90s? Okay. 99, just made it. That's the year I graduated high school. So basically what I've done is to start the show, I've invited an expert here to tell us about the decades. He's lived through every one of them. He's just an old man. He's about 200 years old, and he's going to tell us about it. So everybody, please welcome Scott Otto. Hi, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. I feel a little bit like a time traveler coming to tell you about the past. I have been alive for parts of six decades. I don't remember the first one, and I'm trying really hard to forget the current one. <laughs> but I'm mainly here to tell you about the 1970s. Yes, the 70s. Yeah, so what happened in the 70s? So unlike uh, the 60s and the 80s, no president got shot in the 70s. One got attacked by a rabbit, and the other was his own worst enemy and had to resign. That's how bad the 70s were. It was like nothing tremendously bad, it was just constantly suck. That's all it was. Uh, what else? Oh, we had stagflation, which has never happened before or since. So when you have high inflation and high unemployment, usually you get one or the other. You don't have them both at the same time. So we couldn't afford anything. Gas prices went through the roof. Do you know what it's like when you're a kid and you can't afford pretend gas for your pretend trucks? <laughs> you know, it was crazy. We had to actually uh, ration gas prices, I mean gas ration gas. You can only get gas on even days or odd days. So if your license plate ended in an even number, you could get gas on even days. If it ended in an odd number, you could get gas on odd days. But never on Sunday, because nothing was open on Sundays in the 70s. <laughs> you had to spend the day with your family every Sunday. That's why the 70s sucked. And there's nothing to do with your family. You had to read the paper or watch one of three TV channels. And plus, smoking cigarettes is actually healthier than breathing the air in the 70s <laughs> because we had so much pollution in the 70s. It was crazy. We had massive amounts of pollution. You couldn't drink the water. Rivers would catch on fire because of the pollution in the 70s. And this is actually a true story. Back in the 70s, late 70s, the insurance companies rated falling into the Charles River as a greater health risk than going to the moon with NASA. We used to uh, eat lead paint for breakfast and asbestos for dinner, all right? 
and we sprayed DDT everywhere, and we didn't care about it. We did not care. When I was a kid, there were no mosquitoes or birds. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and this is a true story. So when I was a kid, DDT was around when I was younger, and they, they phased out in the middle of the 70s. But my sister was older, and the older kids in the neighborhood, used to, a truck used to come and would spray DDT around the neighborhood. Big white clouds would envelop the neighborhood. When you hear the truck coming, all the kids would yell, the smog man's coming, the smog man's coming. And they'd all line up and wait for the truck to go by, and then they'd run out into the street to be in the cl white cloud of DDT. <laughs> and my mother wouldn't let me do it. I could sit on the lawn and watch, not, not because it was a health issue, because she was afraid I might get hit by a car because I'd get distracted and not like get out of the street. So I'd just sit on the lawn and wait for the cloud to envelop me as it came, came by. This is actually what we did in the 70s. That's because we didn't have any entertainment options. Like everybody talks about how great movies and music were in the 70s, and it's true, although there's a lot of sucky music too, but there's always great art when times are terrible. Doesn't mean you want to go back to those times. Like nobody wants to go back to the Great Depression because they like the song, Hey Buddy, Can You Spare a Dime? And they like watching Shirley Temple movies. <laughs> the decade started with the Beatles breaking up and it ended with Studio 54 getting shut down and everything in between sucked. <laughs> so that's it for my- That's the time. decades. Thanks, Scott. So, Scott's gonna come back later and help us out with our no contest segment of this show where he's gonna answer some very bad questions. So we're gonna get into the debates. These are recorded live at Maggie's Lounge in Quincy every Friday night at 7 p.m. And our first debate tonight will be between Nick Martucci and Sean Connolly. Okay, uh, Nick, would you like to go first or second? I'll go second. Okay, and Sean, yeah, you can pick what? Wild card or eighties? Wild card. All right, your question is from Emma Schmidt. No. <laughs> she, asked, she doesn't know what swingers are. <laughs> what if it was just like a filthy question? <laughs> Okay, your question is, best moment caught on tape when Ashley Simpson got caught lip-syncing on Saturday Night Live uh -huh. or when that guy threw his shoes at George W. Bush? Oh, the shoes at Bush! Get the fuck out of here with that. That's amazing. Right? That was so good. And honestly, he's a spry guy, that George W. He, he moved right out of the way. He was like, I'm talking. I don't know what I'm saying. Someone told me to say this. And whoa! Oh, my God. It's like, ready. That's a Skechers. Whoa! It's the S. And, you know, it's like... That was wild. That was so cool. Take that, Nick. That was something that was already going to be recorded. They were recording anyway. Saturday Night Live is a live program. Almost every week, it doesn't matter that it's live. But I was watching that episode when it happened. And it, the musical guest starts, and, and her song starts playing, and you're like, I think I already heard this song. And all of a sudden, she just kind of wanders on stage like this, then does a little jig, and then leaves. <laughs> and that's what you want from SNL, is for something to go short.
Let's ignore the fact that Nick masturbated to that. Because he knows it by heart. <laughs> and George kept with the program. You know what? What happened after that episode of SNL? We don't remember. George, he was talking about getting more oil in Iraq, right? And killing more people because of their religion. What did Ashley do? Star in a reality Time. show. <laughs> First of all, I masturbated to both. I'm political too. Second of all, that isn't even the best moment of Bush caught on tape. The Ashley Simpson thing is the only good moment of Ashley Simpson caught on tape. It introduced you to Ashley Simpson and then let you say goodbye to Ashley Simpson. All right, I gotta hand the win to Nick Martucci. All right, next up, everybody, please welcome Meg Connolly and Jeremiah Broderick. Okay, so Meg, would you like to go first or second? Oh, and I should go first. First, and your category is going to be the 80s. Excellent. I All right. remember them well. Did you, you have family here tonight? I do. Maybe I shouldn't ask this question. Do it. No, go for it. What are they going to do? Here we go. Me? Your question is from Chloe Cunha. Woo! She asks, you just made a bunch of money on Wall Street. How do you celebrate? By doing a mountain of cocaine or by going to the arcade? Wow, wow, wow. Listen, the devil's dandruff has never touched these pristine nostrils. If you're close enough, you can see them flare right now. They're perfect for him, but I say no. So the second option Go to the arcade. So I'm gonna do cocaine. Uh, listen, <laughs> you can go to the arcade anytime you want, but when you got Wall Street money, you got cocaine money. Listen, Ugh. Jeremiah, you know what's up, I get it. Uh, man, we just love cocaine, we love money, and we love uh, pushing kids over who are trying to go to the arcade because we're really fast. Uh, man. That's my decision, and I'm a strong businesswoman. In the 80s, we existed. Don't, don't fact check me. Listen, this was in 80s arcade. Okay, this was cutting edge. This was cool. You could win cocaine. That's how good these arcades were. These weren't like the lame arcades they shove into like a movie theater nowadays. These were 80s arcades. There were strippers, I think. <laughs> Definitely blow. Lot of layers. And Pac-Man, so that's another thing thrown in there. I'll get him in the second round. That's the plan. All right, yeah, that's fine, sure. But in the 80s, guys, when you went to go pick up cocaine, you were buying it from a stripper. They were all about the side hustle, you know. Oh, man. Have you been to a Dave & Buster's, dude? Like, it's sick there. It's so high-tech now that, uh, you know, you can just snort cocaine off of the ground. Uh, it's always there. What are we talking about? How much cocaine I'm going to do? Because it's the 80s. I'm a Wall Streeter. And, oh. Uh, Time. 
You want to meet a stripper? Where are you going to go? Your local arcade. It's where all the cool people are hanging out. Go there, buy some cocaine. Miss Pac-Man just came out. We'll see what that's all about. I don't know how I feel about it, but we'll see. Feeling it out. Well, Jeremiah, that was a good effort at making arcades better than cocaine. But I got to hand the win to Meg Connolly. Next up, everybody, please welcome Danya Tromer and Mairead Dickinson. All right, Danya, would you like to go first or second? Uh, I'll go first. Okay, so you can pick any category. Yo, that's crazy. Oh, let's go 70s. 70s, okay. Your question is, uh, Richard Nixon proposed the Environmental Protection Agency. Would you give up the EPA if it meant we didn't have to follow the name of every scandal with the word gate? <laughs> yes! I would fuck the oceans, okay? I am pro-creativity and anti-panda bears, okay? We need new names for scandals, okay? We should have a scandal protection agency. The ASPCA, scandal is in there somewhere, guys. You just, you gotta fill in the blank. You know, I think, I think if Watergate never happened, Nixon would have had a fruitful presidency. Um, I'm pro-Nixon, guys, and anti-panda. Yeah. Uh, personally, I'm pro-gate. Uh, I put my babies behind him. I put my dogs behind him. I think we should all be pro-Gates. And uh, I love Bill Gates. Um, I just think that Gates overall are great. And personally, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I am not a super good listener when it comes to the news. And I just love having that clue word at the end. The gate that I'm like, yeah, tragedy. Yeah. Or, or else I might hear about, like, Gamergate. What's another example? I don't know. I don't listen to the news. And I would be like, oh, sounds great. I love it. <laughs> sounds good for our kids and good for our communities. <laughs> and people would be like, what? You mean harassing women online is good for our communities? And I would have to be like, yes, it is. Time. Keep them. See, the whole thing about, like, the Watergate Hotel is that there wasn't, like, a gate. Like, they weren't keeping this behind anything. Or This isn't a funny response. I, I just need to get the facts straight. Um, creative. Guys, come on. Get rid, of, get rid of the EPA, okay? I want the world to burn, okay? I want all animals Time. dead! Uh, I want the environment to do well because uh, I don't want to have to look at the weather every day uh, because that's another form of the news and I just prefer to abstain. <laughs> all right, I gotta hand the win here to Murray Dickinson. 
So we are to the final debate of our uh, round one. So everybody, please welcome Bill McMorrow and Mike Dorval. Bill, do you want to go first or second? I'll go second. Thank you, Sean. Okay, Mike, you can pick 60s, 80s, or wild card. Uh, I will take the 80s. <laughs> okay. Your question is for Nick Martucci. He asks, would you rather search for treasure with the Goonies or a dead body with the kids from Stand By Me? Uh, I think I'm going to go with the successful kids from Stand By Me. Stand By Me, they learned things. Stand By Me was something that actually happened. Steve, Stephen King wrote Stand By Me. Who wrote The Goonies? Right. Fucking nobody. That was written by a bunch of guys who said, hey, Gremlins was good. What if we added a few more kids? Stand By Me is still brilliant today. Thank you. So, I'm, I, so I want to... I wanna I want to go with the go the Goonies were also searching for a dead body, by the way. That's what, I don't know if you guys watched it all the way through, but that's what the pirate at the end was. He wasn't. And they get treasure. I mean, yeah, there was a chance that they were all going to die, but newsflash, it's going to happen anyways. so. <laughs> Trunk, get to see Chunk do the truffle shuffle. Oh, man, that never gets old unless you're Chunk. In which case, it gets old very quick. It's like probably the second time. First time's funny. Second time is abuse. And if it's not abuse, eventually it's going to lead to abuse. You guys uh, know anything about mental health? Because I got a couple questions. I got some shit that's bugging me. And I got eight seconds left. So if somebody could pipe up, what's, uh, what's the deal with everything that's going on in the world? Time. I'm torn on my rebuttal because this seems like a pro-cocaine crowd. <laughs> and I'd like to point out how plentiful cocaine was on the set of Stand By Me, but also why that's the reason there will never be a Stand By Me 2. <laughs> and also, Richard Dreyfuss is amazing. Thank you. Do you remember that time in, uh, you've all seen The Goonies, obviously, right? You've never seen The Goonies? All right, call it off. I can't finish what I'm about to say. You guys remember in The Goonies that they were going to lose everything, and then at the end, they didn't lose anything. But stand by me, River Phoenix is gone. We all lost River Phoenix. I mean, I'm over it now, but it was a good three weeks that I... Time. Very sad. All right, uh, a lot of good points here, but I got to hand the win to Mike Dorval. All right, now we're going to do a little segment called uh, No Contest, where I read the questions that didn't quite make it onto the show. And I'm going to ask Scott Otto to come back up here and join me. Hey, Scott, welcome. Now, hop on that mic. We're not both going to sit behind here. Yeah. 
We used to be roommates. Um, Not my proudest moment, by the way. We had separate rooms. <laughs> All right, so these are the questions that didn't quite make it on the show. I want you to just give me a real quick answer to it. All right? First one is from Nick Martucci. He asks, more iconic fall, the Berlin Wall or the old lady from the Life Call commercial who couldn't get up? <laughs> it's easy, the old lady from the Life Call commercial. Okay. That's iconic. Yeah. I can't even remember the Berlin. Who cares? Right. Right? What was the big deal? It, the wall didn't say I've fallen and I can't get up. Right. Nobody okay. knew it had yeah. even fallen. Yeah. So, okay. This one's from Liz Esty. If the wall falls and it's not a commercial, does it really make a noise? No. I don't think so. Liz Esty asks, gross, and I've never heard of this before, but uh, you can tell me if it's a real thing. Grosser 70s party foods, savory jello molds or prawn stuffed apples? Uh, jello molds were a thing. I know, I, I've heard of jello, Scott. Heard, I meant uh, the other one. Jello molds, but they had molds to make the jello in different shapes. Why? Because we were bored. That's what we did. Uh, but the other thing, prawn You guys needed iPhones. Apples. <laughs> How rich is this person? We didn't even know what prawns were. And Prawn stuffed apples. In Woburn, we couldn't afford prawns. Maybe shrimp occasionally, but not a prawn. Okay. So you never heard of this? No. Okay. The next question is, uh, would you rather drive for John F. Kennedy or intern for Bill Clinton? Uh, <laughs> uh, nothing happened to the driver for John F. Kennedy. He didn't get blown away. He didn't get blown. Nothing happened to him. I'd rather be that guy than the intern. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this one's from Ken Green. He asks, which is more excessive, the mixtapes in the 80s or podcasts now? Ken, what Wait. are you trying to say, man? Wait. Well, speak, you're saying mixtapes are excessive? Now you're telling me? Yeah. No wonder I didn't get laid that decade. All those mixtapes. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Geez, that's a tough one. They're both pretty self-indulgent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Once in a I while. I totally agree with my face up yeah. there on the thing. It is very self-indulgent. <laughs> Once in a while, though, mixtape actually worked. I don't know about the podcast. Okay. Never. You never got laid from a podcast? <laughs> Wait till this comes out. Somebody fuck Scott. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next week's episode is about sex, actually. You're right, Sean. Okay. Uh, your next question is, oh no, this one's actually for me. This is for okay. May Keith. She asks, Sean, if you, were a, if you were to start a cult, would you go with the 60s, 70s style, free love, drugs, and music type cult, or the 90s uh, to 2000s apocalyptic cult? Uh, definitely the apocalypse, I think. I mean, sex is cool, but like, oh, with like a bunch of people? Ugh. That's uncomfortable, right? <laughs> You don't want to be that guy that you're in charge. And the drugs might make it easier, I guess. But I feel like the apocalypse might be on the way, so like we should probably prepare for that. Yeah. All right. Theo Constantino wants to know, would people have taken Al Gore's environment movie seriously if he opened and closed with Temperature by Sean Paul? <laughs> Well, the first question is, did anybody take the, did people actually take the movie seriously? I'm pretty sure we haven't done squat in the last 30 years about the environment. 
You know, yeah, definitely would have been better with the song. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, and our last question, and this one we actually polled people for. I put a poll out there online oh, like that people could vote that? on. So what I want you to do is I want you to give me the answer of what you think people really responded. Which one of the si one, which one won? Okay. Top five answers on the board. Nick Martucci asks: Better alien roommate, ET or Alf? Oh. ET. ET e e e was. A E.T. was better to, to live with, but Alf was funnier. You'd rather you'd have more fun with Alf than E.T. Okay. Yeah. Um, Plus, E.T. wants to leave anyways. He's going to leave you with the rents. Yeah. Yeah. So our poll was actually split 50-50. Ah. Yeah, 12 votes to 12 votes. So, so I get the deciding vote. It's Alf. Alf oh, wins. all right. Yeah, Scott decided it just yeah. now. It's Alf. Hey, everybody, give it up for Scott Otto. Okay, on to round two. So first up this round, everybody please welcome Tyler Derniak and Laura Clark. Okay, Tyler, would you like to go first or second? I'll go second. Okay, Laura, you can pick 60s or wild card? Uh, wild card. Wild card, okay. Your question is from Steve Albert. He asks, India named their nuclear weapons project Smiling Buddha. Is this a better name than Fat Boy? Uh, yes. Yes, because it's, it, it would catch the attention of fewer strangers and passers-by. If you say like smiling Buddha, you just like it. Just it. You hear someone like you know like like you can hear your own name across a room in like a loud volume. You're still attuned to hear for your name. Fun fact: My name is Laura Clark, and when someone says four o'clock across a room, I'm like, huh, what? Me right here. Uh, and I think similarly, a lot of people, even if they are neither male nor necessarily fat, you hear an insult like fat boy, and you're like, oh, what? Excuse me? What? So if you're trying to keep your nuclear weapons program a secret, you want to call it something that's just going to fade into the background noise. Final answer, Sean. I don't want a secret nuclear program. I want a nuclear program that middle school Tyler can relate to. <laughs> I want the nukes to be fat boy, to be awkward boy, to be bad at math boy. I just think that's what I want out of the nuclear program. I would feel, I would feel a lot better about my bullying knowing something that's related to me is obliterating millions. <laughs> So I would like to know that the Buddha, who symbolizes peace uh, and unity and oneness, uh, is flying towards the enemies of India. And like in, who's the, en I, don't, I don't keep up with politics, uh, but right, it's like, boom, like, oh, like your whole life's obliterated. And then you've First of all, the enemy of India is Pakistan. 
It's just a fact. People need to watch the movie Gandhi more, but the best part about having them be related to you is that as nuclear weapons develop, they can continue the names as you've developed. I want open mic boy. <laughs> All right, I gotta hand the win here to Tyler Derniak. All right, next up, please welcome Nick Martucci and John Farrell. Okay, Nick, your question is going to be about the 1960s either way, but do you want to go first or second? I'll go first. Okay. Your question is from Ken Green. He asks, which 1960s protest seems more fun? Burning draft cards or burning bras? Burning bras. Burning draft cards is just burning paper. You can burn any paper. Doesn't mean you won't have to fight in Vietnam. Burning bras is it's practical. Yes, you can buy a new bra. Burn that new bra. You've got boobs and protest. What is, what is Vietnam burning those, those draft cards going to give to you that a fun old feminism fire fest isn't? Let's burn those draft cards because I am not ready to become a man. <laughs> I'm not dying in Vietnam yet. No way. Get out of my face, Lyndon Johnson. Sick of you. <laughs> not having it. Let's burn them up right now. Let's do it. Berkeley, California. Let's go. Burn them up. They're not going to burn themselves. I'm not going to Vietnam. No way. No how. I mean, yeah, it's just paper, but it's also my, you know, innocence. I'm not losing that Vietnam in Asia, which I've never been to. That scares me because it's 1960, and I'm not familiar with it. It sounds terrifying. I've seen the news. <laughs> I'm not going over there. No way, no how. Let's burn them. Let's all burn them right now. Let's keep burning those draft cards. I don't know why we ever stopped. Let's keep it rolling. That's the difference between me and you, John, is that I am ready to become a man, which means I want to be around all of the topless ladies burning in hellfire. There's nothing, uh, burning a draft card is just symbolic. Burning a bra is beautiful. It's a celebration. You don't want to go to war. Who gives a shit? You're going to war. Everybody went to war back then. I care about going to war because I am selfish. And that's why we're burning them up. Burning them all up. It, it's not just symbolic. That's also, I'm not going on that plane to Vietnam. No way. Are you kidding me? It, what, it's either that or just shake your chance with the lottery. And I don't know who's played the lottery here, but if any of you have hit it and you're still here, I don't know what you're doing. You gotta take, you cannot take that chance of the lottery. You gotta burn it up and stick it in Lyndon Johnson's dumb face. Time. No. All right. Uh, well, tough call here, but I think I have to hand the win to John Farrell. <laughs> 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 
Next up, everybody, please welcome Murray Dickinson and Meg Connolly. Maraid, would you like to go first or second? Uh, I'll go second. Second, okay. Uh, Meg, you can pick from any of the categories. That's exciting. Uh, wild card, please. Wild card, okay. Okay. Uh, which of these uh, things that I had in the late 80s, early 90s uh, would you rather have now? Uh, a hypercolor shirt, which uh, changes color when someone touches you, or a mullet, which assures you that no one will touch you. Man, the options of being touched or not touched. I'm gonna go with the mullet, because right now I have a low-hanging bun and I feel like I look good. You know, when you have a mullet, you have that whole party in the back, business is in the front, you know, which you can take to Wall Street to get your cocaine. I'm not gonna go down that route because when you have a mullet, you're an honest person and you don't need any fancy colors to you know, point you out in the crowd. Really, you just wanna be as low key as possible, move on through and then when they go back to look at that fine fellow, they say, oh, and they're rocking the you know, backwards curtain. The, uh, uh, the, no, it's not that. Um, get yourself a mullet, comb it every day, braid it even, get your friends involved. Um, first of all, I would love a back curtain, but more, more importantly, um, I think in this uh, era of the Me Too movement, I think accusations are taking a little too long to come out, which is why I need a hypercolor shirt. So if, just in case I happen to meet Joe Biden and I don't want to wait for the footage to come out of him touching my shoulder inappropriately, I can be like, boom, hypercolor shirt, prove it. <laughs> Here's my proof, let's go to court, Mr. Biden. Because he has nice teeth and I would also like to be able to afford to have nice teeth. And I think, I don't know, in the course of some kind of lawsuit or, or out of court settlement that I could get, I could get me some teeth money, okay? And I will get teeth money any way I can get it, okay? This is America. We would all love teeth money. But who can afford teeth money when you have to go to court all the time? And by the way, I would love to see that court case when you have such a nice color popping up out of the room. But wouldn't it pop more if you had a slick mullet on the back of that judge? Ooh, my goodness, wouldn't you respect them more? You'd say, oh, they're confident and they know how to keep it professional. But when they walk back into their chambers, ooh, you don't know what's gonna go back there, right? John. You know, I would love the style and visibility of a mullet, but what's more important to me is that people uh, don't look at me and see me as their peer when I walk through a dive bar. Um, for example, when I make my way to my car tonight, I don't want someone to see me and say, hey, this person needs a friendly touch on the shoulder as we pass by each other. 
I want someone to see me and say, that's a court case John. waiting to happen. All right, I got to hand the win here to Marae Dickinson. All right, our final debate of round two. Everybody, please welcome Mike Dorval and Liz Esty. Okay, Mike, would you like to go first or second? Okay, Liz, what category would you like? Are all of them on the Anything table? but wild card. Okay. Um, let's do 70s. 70s, okay. Your question is from Steve Albert. He asks, best advantage of pet rocks? Never having to feed them or watching them attack people? Watching them attack people, for sure. Um, I had pet rocks in the early aughts, so I guess I was uh, channeling the 70s. But, um, you know, one thing that's great if you're a depressed child is uh, throwing rocks at people. And, um, and so that's how I would use them. And uh, that's reflective of my real life experience, which is why I do comedy. And um, yeah, that's, that's how I feel about pet rocks. Something else that's great if you're a depressed child is not watching your pet die if you forgot to feed them. <laughs> pet rocks were really magnificent because what a lot of people don't know and what I know now that I have a child is that every pet is on borrowed time. <laughs> you know what pet is gonna endure? The pet rock. And honestly, every bit of a relationship that a child thinks it's having with a real animal is imagined anyway. That animal doesn't want to be there. It's better than where it was, but not where it wants to be. Okay, counterpoint, we all have to learn about death sometime. What better way to do it with, than with animals? Better than your family? Um, gotta rip that Band-Aid off quickly. Let's learn about grief slowly. Um, and then we'll hit you with the grandparent death. And, um, yeah, so again, I just want to say rocks as weapons, it's great. That's what we were doing as like Neanderthals. So rocks, war, rocks. I think you might be assuming a closer bond with a family than you should in a room full of comics. There are animals I haven't even met that I would have chosen over some family members. All right, I gotta hand the win here to Mike Dorval. So to fight to face Mike Dorval in the final round, everybody please welcome Tyler Derniak. Okay, we only have one question left. It's gonna be about the nine uh, the eighties. Uh, Mike, do you want to go first or second? Okay, Tyler, your question is, which of these household items that became popular in the 80s would make intimacy more difficult? The clapper or the waterbed? Oh, I actually have legitimate experience with this. I got a clapper as a graduation present from my friend 
And I don't know if you've ever spanked someone and had the lights just going on and off. But it's a... That does sound difficult. But it also adds kind of a cool strobe effect. You know what's kind of a nightmare is walking in, finding a waterbed, and then having to tell the woman you just met you get motion sickness. You're not coming back from that. You can say, can we get a hotel, which is kind of creepy, or I'm gonna get sick upon you, which is really an ending of the night. Lights going on and off, you come back from. Once you both have to take turns cleaning off the waterbed, the night's over. First of all, any bed that I'm making love in needs to be cleaned up after. <laughs> Second of all, if you think that going home with someone and motion sickness is the worst thing possible, have you ever brought someone home and then you didn't know they were epileptic? Because they actually might not come back from that. It's about time someone finally took on the epileptics. Yeah. Way to go. Way to go. And by the way, Put that right on your dating profile, totally into spanking and copious mess that we both have to clean up at the end of the evening. I don't know, I guess I did not realize what the young people were into. Tyler's single if you're looking. Time. All right, so, uh, man, I really don't want to decide this one, and luckily, I don't have to, because you guys are going to decide it. There is a voting app online that I would like you guys to go into. Most of you here already know the drill. If you don't know the drill, I will explain it to you right now. If you're on Facebook, you can go into our Facebook group, pick a side, stupid, it's a Facebook group. It is not the Facebook page. You gotta go to the Facebook group. And there will be a link to a voting poll at the top. So our winner tonight is Tyler Derniak. Give it up for Tyler. How about one more time for Mike Dorval? That was Pick a Side, Stupid. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. All right, that's our show for this week. Thank you all for listening. Congrats to Tyler Derniak for winning this week. Thanks to Matt Bedell for creating the artwork. You can check him out at Bedell was already taken on Instagram. We'll be back at Maggie's Lounge, 7 p.m., April 12th, we're talking about sex. April 19th, we're talking about Florida. April 26th, we are talking about kids' books. And we're always at Maggie's Lounge on Monday nights with our stand-up comedy show. 
8 p.m. every Monday. And if you want to find me a different night of the week, you can find me Wednesday nights at the Poor House in Boston. We're down in the basement. We get half-priced chicken. Different lineup every week. Great stand-up comedy show. Come down and 